You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a great way to get a taste of what it's like to work with me one-on-one, but they're also a fascinating peek into the brain and business of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their experience, their stories on the podcast, and I have so much respect for each of them. If you would like my help with your teaching or your yoga business, I'd love to connect with you. You can find out more about my paid strategy sessions at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. You can also get peer help from other listeners on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, go to teachingyoga.net slash join. And if you're curious about doing an on-air coaching call yourself and sharing your story with my podcast audience... I currently offer those opportunities to patrons of the podcast. To find out more about becoming a patron, go to teachingyoga.net slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-O-N, patron. In fact, I'd love for you to go do that right now. Pause this, and when you come back, we'll jump into today's conversation. So tell us a little bit about... What's going on with you as a yoga teacher and how how you got here and what you want to focus on today? Well, Mado, I got here because I joined your Facebook group, which is clearly a thriving group. And I've enjoyed really posting on there and answering the threads and just getting involved with some of the questioning. And yeah. I've been teaching for over 15 years. I've been on my mat for 20 years. And... I trained with the British Wheel of Yoga, which is the UK's governing body for yoga. Then I trained to become a Pilates teacher. And then in 2014 slash 15, I trained to become a somatic movement coach. So body movement is my absolute joy and love. Philosophy I love, anatomy I love. I love my students. I've taught all populations and Now, in recent years, especially since my two daughters started leaving home to go to university, I suddenly became very free and was able to focus on my business. So I did get a business coach and she started helping me sort of do an MOT. Now, she said to me, why are you teaching over here? What are you teaching at five o'clock and then seven o'clock? And why are you rushing around? So she kind of helped me do some housekeeping on the business of Yoga Rose. And then in the the year of 2020 with COVID, I pivoted to online Zoom, as everyone did, and discovered I loved it. I'm back in venue, but I'd like to be able to shine more of a light on my niche now in a view to how I market that and make more... Uh, connection through a a sort of niche 
or a targeted Facebook group? Like, how do I really know that I do know my clients on Facebook because I do work with my Facebook posting on Yoga Ross page, but I did open a group, uh, Mado, and it hasn't really, it feels stagnant to me. Like I haven't managed to work with that group very well. Okay. So I came to you. So you, before we started recording, you told me that for many years you were just teaching anyone and everyone and that you recently got clarity about your niche. So tell me about that. Yes. So for me now, my niche is not beginners. My niche is existing practitioners who are aged between, say, 45 to 65. Many of them adore yoga, but they also love Pilates and they have other activities. They might go swimming or cycling. They might go jogging. So they're all pretty active. And they are also, a lot of them are creatives or self-employed. So they're working different hours. Many of them are married or have long-term relationships with one or two children. And quite a few of them are similar to me in that they've maybe they're perimenopausal or menopausal. And they're just sort of at that age where we're becoming quite liberated in how we view ourselves. We're sort of coming into our own and we've got the wisdom of everything we've done like raising the family or working in the community and we want to really develop our practices and maybe go deeper into pranayama or maybe go deeper into transformative type practices and so I have led retreats and I now feel really confident Mado in saying to new inquirers if they're complete beginners or they're perhaps pregnant, you know, and they want that, I can direct them to other teachers or classes and feel confident in actually turning people away, which is quite a big thing to, to get to. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> so you are working with primarily women, is that right? Yes, yes. yes. And they're women in the second half of life. Yes. And there's a lot of empty nesters in your population. And so here's what I wrote down as I was listening to you. I wrote down women coming into our own, a community for yoga practitioners in the second half of life. Yeah, sounds good. There's always a challenge with niche, which is talking about people in the way they talk about themselves. Yeah. This is a big one. This is one where for me, I feel like I, because I work with yoga teachers, that was pretty easy because yoga teachers describe themselves as yoga teachers, right? Yeah. yeah. But there are so many, your niche is much broader. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And yeah. so there's going to be some women who like to describe themselves as empty nesters, as perio-postmenopausal, as women in the second half of life, as crones. Like all of these are words that some women will be using to describe themselves, but some will not like certain ones of those words and be like, that's not me. Like I am not a senior. <laughs> 
100%. I mean, we are 50 going on 40. Most of my group, to be honest, Meadow, we're reversing, if that makes sense, because life is full of so many opportunities now. And actually, even though there are a lot of classes in my area that cater for menopausal women, I get the women who go, I don't want to be talking about that kind of thing. And I don't want to be around other women who are, and this sounds a little bit rude, but very miserable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my classes are all about being, knowing that we have that, we're not turning away from the struggle, but we're saying we're coming to yoga and we're coming to our classes to become stronger, become like maybe in my Pilates group, we're using heavier weights. You know, we're, we're strengthening and we're bone building and we are, we are wanting a better quality of life in our fifth decade. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind yeah. of a positive optimism rather than going, oh no, I've got the change. Yeah, for me, it's the change for the better. Yeah, celebrating your freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So the first thing I would say is talk to your people and try to get a sense of what words they use to describe themselves. How do they describe themselves? And I've written down some ideas, but the more that you can get it out of their own mouths, that's the goal right there. How do do these women describe themselves? If they were to go on a podcast interview, what would they say about themselves? So that you want to talk about them and the way they talk about themselves. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What's the name of your Facebook group? It's called See You on the Mat. (laughs) And it's, it's just partly because I used to finish my classes for a long time and, you know, a little bow and maybe refer back to the affirmation or something was the theme of the class and then say see you on the mat and I used to say it without really thinking and then if I was talking to a client or we were talking about what was happening next week or maybe there's a workshop upcoming and I was and she might say hey Roz I'm going away for a week or I've got a busy work schedule and I said well no no worries see you on the mat you know and then I just found it all encompassing because it meant that whether you were on the Pilates mat the yoga mat or coming to me on a one-to-one or having a a somatic releasing session we were always on the mat great it's lovely so are you wanting to attract new people to your group or just engage the ones you already have I think I would like to feel Mado that whether I boost it and try and like I didn't get rid of it because I thought I should do something with it. I guess what I'm wondering is what am I missing in terms of this being another marketing tool or resource for my business? Because then even though it seems like another shiny object, I opened another Facebook group a couple of weeks or last month because I want to mentor some newly qualified teachers. And I had three different women who trained, not with me, but like with London and different training companies. And 
along the way, I was lending them books, I was giving them advice, it was all just happening. And then I thought I really enjoyed it. And I just wondered whether, especially in a time of COVID, when people's learning has gone on so much online, that I, that's another group that I would like to grow for a different reason to karmically give back to the life I've had. I've had such a wonderful career, if you like, in this yoga teaching world. And I wanted to be able to, you know, not train people on tech, not train them in anatomy and bones, but be able to help them with just teaching and client queries and how it is that day-to-day stuff. Like someone rushed into my class late, they had mat rage, this happened. And as a teacher, it kind of judded me. So I have got two eggs in two different baskets in Facebook groups. Okay. <laughs> so that was an, I didn't quite get the answer to the question though. This Sorry. Let's talk about this first group first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you want more members in it? I think that would help. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would because otherwise you're only always talking to a small bunch of people. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I Love the name, see you on the mat. But when it comes to attracting people to your Facebook group, you need to make it very clear who it's for and what they get out of the group from the name, like right off the get-go. I'll give you the name of my group (laughs) as an example. It's not very clever. It's not clever. But... The moment a yoga teacher sees the name of the group, yeah. they know it's for them and there's some there's resources in there. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. So they know why it's there and they know it's who it's for. And they can self-select yes or no, this is for me or this is not for me, without having to think too hard. Mm. So honestly. Yeah. I like 50 going on 40. Oh, okay. As the name of the group. Yeah. And then you can say, have like a subtitle that you maybe you have on the banner or something, which is, you know, celebrating the second half of life through movement or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yes. That's really sounds, that sounds appealing. (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, you know, it's a man is, it's so funny because we don't even have to be gendered about it and you're still going to attract women because no man is going to look at 50 going on 40 and think that's appealing. They're going to be like, what does that even mean? Who cares? I'm more and more powerful and attractive the older I get. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're still going to attract because for whatever, you know, the vestiges of our cultural obsession with youth for women, we experience a sense of positivity at the idea of getting younger. And so this is kind of a cool way to speak to women without having to call it out. And this is, is, um, it's such a great example of the power of niche because a lot of times I hear yoga teachers saying things like, well, I don't want to like say I only work with women. I don't want to exclude men, but you're excluding people and including people, whether you know you are or not. And just by the language you use, the imagery you use, things like that. So 
that's the first step is to just have a name that is going to attract the right people. And then the question comes, what's in it for them? Why should they be a member of this group? What are they going to get out of it? Well, in the first instance, I said on the about that they would get the first news about new things that they would get, like they would learn about the workshops, any masterclasses, the retreats, you know, just, and that maybe there would be, you know, a discount because of course, Mado, at some point in the future, my goal is to have a membership Great for these women, you know, so um that might not be like that particular funnel but it would be that because I'm also looking at doing an online course so you know these are all things that will eventually lead me to a bit more freedom you know my husband and I might consider moving location and at the moment so much of my work is tied into this area I live in as it often is and in the future in my five-year goal plan I would like to be able to move and having more of that online presence with that group going into a membership. But I'm being sensible. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year. I'm having it as a, a five-year kind of plan, I think. Okay. So I'd like them to have some kind of reason to engage and not just discounts. That sounds a bit old hat to say discounts. I don't really know is what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that we have it like it's becoming very clear why the group isn't engaging the way you want, because, OK, so first of all, in order for someone to sign up for a group where they're going to get updates and discounts, the only reason they would do that is because they love you. Yeah. And so that's fine. That's just good to know that all the people in there love you. That's awesome but they kind of signed up for it as a favor to you because you basically said, I'm going to market to you in this group. Okay. Yeah. You, you got to give them something else. Okay. What is the value for them? And what is yeah. the, what is the transformation that you offer? And what is something that you, some part of that transformation that you can support through that group? So for me, one of the things that I offer yoga teachers is confidence because when we feel like we don't have the resources that we need to serve our students, then there's all kinds of self-doubt going on. But when we know I have access to resources, we feel more confident. So heck yes, I'm signing up for this group. Yeah. So you need to come up with your own version of this. What is it that these women want from you? Yeah. And what can you give them in small bits through this group? Yeah. I don't know if you've thought of this. Well, I think that's where as well, I've been, you know, the COVID thing has given me time to reflect. Through the Zoom, it has helped me doing the daily online classes 
I do a Q&A at the end of most of my classes and then I've got a WhatsApp group and I'm trying to engage while I'm doing phone calls. So I remember you talking about your market research, you know, to 100 people and I've certainly not done 100, but I've been gathering more information from my current clients and many of them that are really loyal. I mean, I've seen them for 10 or 12 years and... Um, I guess a lot of the thing that I'm offering is 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 multi-movement. You know, we, yes, we've got the yoga traditional side, so we do we do have that thing of clients who are loving the creative side of practice. In other words, that I will. We, we know we know bridge pose we know Seti Bandasana we know what we're doing but then we might I might switch it up with a little release that's different or a variation and then explore something else so people might say hey Ros you know I've really had a long day on my working from home desk today and then we manage to release those shoulders and so I would say that there is that element where it's the blending of the three disciplines that I don't actually call it out and go, this is somatics, this is yoga, this is Pilates. But there's that way that even if it's a Pilates class, sometimes that other element will sneak in and people find that there is a... It's, it's going beyond that posture. It, it's, it's so hard to put into words, Meadow. It's very difficult for me to explain. I, I just know these individuals' bodies so intimately well. I've worked with them for 10 or 12 years, even on Zoom. I don't even have to see them. And I'm like, Nikki, you need to move your leg. You know, it, it's the, the personal touch in a group setting. Okay. Now... I'm not sure how I bite-sized chunk that. That's that's where, you know, my big thing that I love is helping people with their core. I love helping people with the radiation of the core out. So especially at this time in our lives, really focusing on the strength, the bone building, the insomnia, some of those issues, those kind of hormonal things, which we don't, need to be nutritionists but we understand there's a change in the way your energy is I don't know yeah if that's making sense absolutely it makes sense but let's think about it within the context of the Facebook group yeah what I is it what is it that we can offer inside the Facebook group that they're not getting in the classes and they're not getting in the WhatsApp. I think we could, I mean, I would be keen to maybe offer bite-sized uh, like movement snacks, you know, like live little movement moments, you know, where you could tune in for um, a special neck and shoulders segment or something which could be like a five minutes I did do some two minute moves on my YouTube but then that petered out I did a, I'm really good at starting stuff getting really excited and then switching over to the next thing so I didn't follow through very well with that but that was kind of on you know, I don't know anyway 
but yeah, maybe some stuff like that, which they can actually watch. Because people do say to me, Ros, I find it really easy to work with you. And then when I'm on my own, I'm trying to do my home practice. I don't always get down to it. Yeah, you could definitely offer some movement snacks on there. Another thing that I think would be fabulous is interviewing people. Okay. Interviewing some amazing 50s going on 40s. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have people already in your community that have some area of expertise. Is it nutrition? Is it they had a breakthrough, right? They're they're one of your students and they just had a breakthrough. Would they be willing to talk about it inside the group? Oh, that is a great idea. Yeah. That is a great idea. Because I'll tell you one thing we also have right now is we have some people stretched at either end. So we've got some career women who maybe had a child at 40. So they've got a 10 or 11 year old and they're trying to care for an elderly parent mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, especially during the COVID shielding and all that we've got in the UK. So we do have ourselves, when we come into group and I'm saying, how was your week? And there's that, oh, there's that download when it's just like, I'm so glad I'm on the sanctuary of the mat because we're being pulled at either end because we're midlife. That's wonderful. So some of these interviews, these chats could be more informational and some of them could be more inspirational. Yeah. So now you're offering them information, inspiration and movement snacks. Now yeah. this sounds like a group that they're going to get some value out of. Yeah. 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 And the, the way that I find most functional for making sure you don't peter out. Yes. Is to create a schedule for yourself sure. and, and a commitment, a certain amount of time that you're going to do this and then reevaluate at the end of that amount of time, because if you let it just kind of be the story happening in the back of your head of like, should I do this or not? Nah, nah, wait a second. Six months went by, what just happened? <laughs> if instead you make it more conscious, you say, okay, I've got this plan. I'm committed to this. I'm going to do this. And the last part of my plan is checking in and making a conscious choice. Is this worth it or not? Sure. Sure. You, you sound like you were in my, my yoga studio there. Because like 10 years went by and I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> Let alone six months. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just human nature. Yeah. It's just, it's just human nature. I used to say to myself, you know, I'm pretty good at procrastinating. And then one day my second, my uh, youngest daughter gave me a Christmas gift and it was a journal. And on the front, it was that kind of phrase, like, I might be pressed, I would, I would be procrastinating, but I was off doing something else instead, you know, <laughs> those cute things that I just thought, oh no, even she's noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, the good thing is that the nice thing about getting older is we gain that self-awareness. And with that self-awareness, we, we learn, I mean, hopefully we try to learn to manage ourselves better. I feel it's a huge gift. I'm in my forties, man. I love it. Amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you so have a big awesome. Gap between your kids. Is it right that you have a big gap? I do. I have 13 years in between them. 
Wow. Yeah. And I'm the other. I've got so close. It's like year 10, year 11. So they were both at uni together because one had a gap year. So both in the same town. Yay to the parents. So convenient. And, um, yeah, that, it's like they even call themselves Irish twins because, you know, they're close as well. They're close sisters. It is a blessing. Oh, Absolute lovely. blessing. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason I'm not excusing it, Meadow, but I don't see myself now. I used to do the doubt, the imposter syndrome a lot. Now I look back and think those other women, those other teachers that have so risen up that ladder, I spent so much time raising our daughters. You know, I really did want to be the the mother that was giving wholeheartedly to those daughters. And I think that's why when they were really leaving out 17, you know, getting to that stage, they don't want me, they don't want Tim, you know. I looked at my business side and thought, oh my God, I can really thrive now. That's beautiful. I love it. I would say, I just didn't think I, I look and I don't, like I do sometimes regret some of that time, but sometimes I think I couldn't really have done both wholeheartedly. It's it's impossible. It's impossible. So now I'm giving so much to the yoga, to the business, to the training again, and I feel like I've got a new zest. COVID hasn't dampened me. It's given me this rocket, you know. That's amazing. That's so inspiring. Maybe some of the listeners might want to join your 50 going on 40 Facebook group to have some of that rub off on them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. Why do you think that you're not ready to do an online course or a membership now? Um. I just don't know. I guess I feel like I'm just always in my nature, like I'm super amazingly energetic in life. But when it comes to Yoga Roz, the business like me, I'm Rosalind, and then there's Yoga Roz over here. I feel like I am a bit of a slow burn and I like to think it through. And then like I was thinking about doing a five-day challenge and then I've been on loads of trainings and I've been on loads of other business podcasts and and learned about how that's a great way of enticing new members in and then a course and then a membership. So I was kind of thinking of that pattern. So I just thought it was a process. Well, it can be a process. I just helped a friend of mine launch a membership from zero email addresses to we've got over a hundred members already in five months. Okay. So maybe I don't need to wait. You have the experience. Yeah. You have the connection with your students. Doing a challenge without anything to sell at the end is a lot of work. And it's going to feel a little bit like a letdown at the end where you're like, and then what? Like, People actually want to know what the next step is. So if you run an amazing challenge and people are fired up and they're excited and they're inspired, then if you don't have the next thing to offer them, they're going to feel a little let down and a lot they're you're going to miss them some of them are going to go off and and work with somebody else because they have something that the yeah, next step is. they've lost momentum 
maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at Thinkific. I haven't dived into that massively. I noticed there's, I've been answering on people who have been talking about the tech and I have gotten better at tech. I mean, I started off when I did my tech and thought, ah, and now I've got my booking platform all up and right. I can zip in and out of things a lot better now, my dough. Whereas in the first year of tech, I was like that person who would stare at the Facebook create post and not know which button to press. <laughs> you know? Um, so the tech doesn't freak me out much either as well because I outsource now like the other day I rang a marketing lady is a Facebook lady and said in a week or two can you just give me a quote for how you might do some Facebook stuff for me you know so kind of ready like knowing I was having this coaching call with you and then thinking about how that might craft itself going forward so I am also ready to outsource the bits I don't want to do and that I no, why spend time on the stuff my skill set isn't in? Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, maybe maybe I should launch a fifty going on forty membership. <laughs> why not? I think it's amazing the way that this technology has enabled yoga teachers to scale their impact. Yeah to reach more people, help more people at once, and eventually make a living that is more sustainable. It's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So if you wanted to talk about that more some other time, we definitely could. But I just wanted to push back on that assumption that you were making that that had to take a long time. It doesn't have to. I mean, it, it does depend on how much you're willing to outsource and how hard you're willing to work. But, you know, when you are in your 50s and you have been teaching as long as you have, I don't know why you would wait. Do it, learn, help more people, do it now. Yeah, that is true, I guess. As a teacher, even though I'm in a few groups, including yours, I do think I spent many, many years just talking to myself. I don't think I really hooked up with anybody who challenged. So it was just me telling me all my mistakes or telling me how I'd hire this venue or what I'm going to do. So I'm not sure anyone really said much. And also when I had my business coach, which I'm not with her now, but when I had her, her, her focus was different industry. So even though she was amazing, there was that little gap because she had not been in this field. And you're describing the experience of so many yoga teachers, myself included, where we feel like we're just bouncing around in our own heads for yes. so long that we, we start to wonder if we're making sense to anybody else. It's so lonely. And I, I imagine this must be the case for other industries as well, but I can you know primarily just speak to yoga teachers where yeah. it's, it's incredibly lonely to be making all the decisions yourself and have most of the people in your life couldn't understand the, de the decisions you're, you're trying to make. 
you would have to explain so much about yoga and about the yoga industry and about your specific situation. So that is why I started the podcast because I started these conversations, these 100 conversations, and it was both for myself and the people I was talking to. It felt like such a relief to talk to somebody else who understood and who, you know, that's why I started coaching people because for the yoga teachers I worked with, they were like, oh my God, it's just so amazing to be able to tell you what's going on and have you get it. Yeah. And then yeah. be able to give me feedback and tell me when I'm like just spinning myself out there and tell me when I'm on the right track. Not that I'm a mind reader or, you know, uh, clairvoyant or anything, but it's that work of, of asking the right questions and reflecting back and saying, this is what I'm hearing. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I mean. And I think many of us are so giving in our nature we can get I know I did this you can get quite caught up in the other people's stories so not in that way that you're intruding on their life but you have heard about their grief or their situations and you're holding space for these wonderful people and I do teach men as well obviously but mainly women and you're holding this amazing space for these people to grow and develop and change and then you come home and you know that there should be that Friday where you look at your business or make kind of strategic decisions. And then you might, I might sit and think, you know, I think I'll just sit and meditate and do some yoga. <laughs> and like, it'd be so much more appealing to me to get on my mat and do a bit of lesson planning. Or, oh, I'll just read that new book by John Kabat-Zinn. <laughs> and that was me. Because to strategize in my business or look at it like that just didn't appeal. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that there's a balance to be had because I don't, I think you can go in the other direction too, and be constantly working, working, working on your business. And you let your home practice slide. That doesn't work either. You just, you have to live with integrity. You have to do your practice Yeah, and you have to do it first before you go yeah. doing your business strategy. So you, you have to yeah. have some boundaries with yourself. Sure. In both directions. I guess I don't know why I didn't. I, 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 it's like the online membership is a thing I want to do, but it's over there. And you're saying it doesn't have to be, which is quite a revelation to me. <laughs> but it has been my year. The funniest thing, I think, Meadow, is that when I started 2020, I, in the last few years, I started having a, a word, like a goal word for the whole year. And no lie, my goal word for 2020, which is written down and it's in big letters, was change. Because when I entered January 2020, I just thought, this has to be the year I really start moving forward in lots of different ways in the business. And then when I wrote one of my little blogs about the pivoting into online model, the Zoom and all of those, you know, little did I know the change was going to be quite so enormous. And it's just been ever going and I've been trying to inspire my clients who've gone through the furlough scheme and some have lost work and we've got all that going on of course in the whole world America too that um we can still find more of what we have found that we've lost and also that we can still be determined to cope manage cope is a strange word but you know just just ride the waves really absolutely Right. And we each have our own story and we each write our own story. 
So there's lots of people who are struggling and my heart goes out to them, but that doesn't have to be everyone's story. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that I've, I've said it a lot in the last few months. If we allow ourselves to go too into consumption of too much of the misery memoir, if, you, if that makes sense of 2020, our immune system will suffer. So we do need to have that little, you know, circle of protection almost that says, I will consume so much of this, but then I will switch it off and, and recognize, you know, I have a really nice meal tonight. I have my kids maybe at uni or wherever they are. And, you know, okay, then they're not. Like my daughter said, it's good, mummy. I can't go out clubbing or going to the bar, so I'm going to study and really, really do more studying. So she's flipped it. You know, she's like, it's okay. I don't need to socialise as much. And I think we can, you know, maybe you're right, Mado. Maybe it is the time for the online membership to provide those people that are enjoying that way of practicing at home, having all their home comforts. The right time is the time that you start because yeah. this is how you learn. So I'm not saying that your membership is going to be guaranteed to take off, but I am yeah. saying that if you start it now and you learn about how you want to create it now, then where you're going to be in three years is far and away where you would have been if you waited and then did it yeah. in three years. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. I really like that. I mean, imagine somebody comes to you and they say, I want to become a yoga teacher, but I think I'm not quite ready yet. I think my practice isn't quite ready. So I'm going to wait three years and then I'm going to become a yoga teacher. You'd probably tell them, you know what, go through the teacher training now, because then your practice is going to be, you know, more developed in three years. Sure. So that's what, that's what I say to you is, there's no reason to wait. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have any last follow-up questions? Anything that has come to you while we're talking that we haven't covered yet? Just a silly tech one, actually. I can change the name then, can't I see you on the map? I can keep the group and just change that name. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that needs to be one of my first to-dos as well as inspiring informational and all of the things of the resources in the group and then really get my head wrapped around this this online membership meadow Beautiful. thank you for your faith in me in this conversation absolutely i you know what i have faith in is yoga and so it's very easy for me to support yoga teachers because what we are doing it's not a, it's not about our personality yes our personality is the way we express it but yeah. It's not about us. It's about transmitting something that's deeper. So it's very easy for me to have faith in it and easy for me to cheer you on. Oh, thank you so much, Mano. I feel, yes, definitely. I will speak to you separately about the membership and how we can go forward with that. You can help me with that one. And thank you for being the open vessel for this teacher resource. It's my it's pleasure. I, lo I love your podcast. And I am actually thrilled that we had this <laughs> i am too it was a really wonderful chat thank you thank you again to the generous and courageous yoga teachers who participate in these coaching calls i've had so many listeners reach out to let me know how helpful they are 
And that would not be possible without the passion and vulnerability that you embody. And also want to give a huge thank you to the patrons of the podcast who contribute to the expenses on a monthly basis. If you're curious about deepening your connection to this community and becoming a patron, I hope you'll go to teachingyoga.net slash patron to find out about all of the perks and benefits of becoming a patron. I'm so very, very grateful to have you as a listener, and I would be incredibly delighted and honored to also have you as a patron. Keeping these podcast episodes free from outside ads is really important to me, and the patrons of the podcast are what make that possible. Once again, the link to get all the details and to sign up is teachingyoga.net slash patron. And whether or not contributing to the podcast is something you're interested or is a possibility for you in this moment, I hope that you'll remember to center your own self-care and your personal practice this week. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast.